Looks, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab He's going to score. He's going to score. Touchdown, Purdue. Seth Morales. Seth Morales. There are no flags. The Boilermakers have taken the lead on a 64-yard strike. Unbelievable. And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield. Beat Dwight Ellett. And waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A place down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Touchback. Touchdown. It is intercepted. Bailey. The other way. Marcus Bailey. Punctuates this upset with a pick six. What's going on, Boiler Nation? The Boiler Breakdown is back for another brand new episode. It's Thursday, October 6th, 2022. What, we, uh, what, I'm not good at math off the top of my head, so, uh, (laughs) about, what, 31 hours away from kickoff? Sure, we'll go with that. (laughs) uh, Probably not quite 31, no. I don't know. Less than 48 hours from kickoff. Yep. I know that much. So uh, when uh, Purdue, the three and two Boilermakers will be traveling to College Park, I believe it's called, to face the four and one Maryland Terrapins. Purdue coming off a 20 to 10 win over then ranked, then number 21 ranked Minnesota. And Maryland coming off a home win over a railing Michigan State Spartan team. Be an interesting one, but uh, first let's let's talk about Purdue's big win, twenty to ten over the Golden Gophers. Jeff Brown's second win over PJ Fleck, first since twenty seventeen. And yes, we know Mo Ibrahim was out, as the announcer okay. said, every two minutes. Uh, and I got more beef. I didn't realize Brock Osweiler was the commentator of the game until halftime. Yeah, I didn't. I think it was a, a, a group chat I was in that someone said. Because I was in a group chat with some other friends. One of them was a Broncos fan. And they kept talking about Brock Osweiler. I was like, what are they talking about? So I wasn't paying attention <laughs> to it. And I was like, oh, he's doing the game. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew he got into commentary and broadcasting, but I could not tell that was his voice. And then I saw him at halftime because uh, my girlfriend and I were ripping the commentators in the first half saying how Minnesota biased they were. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I saw Brock. I'm like, oh, man, I have a <laughs> soft spot in my heart for him from the 2015 season. But that's about it. But – um, no, I thought the commentators were definitely biased towards Minnesota, but in oh, the yeah. end it didn't matter, and the Boilers got an upset victory. And one, I felt like they could have won by more than 10 points, but at the same time, a few plays go the other way, they could have lost. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of what we've kind of seen with a couple of games where the offense just wasn't clicking and kind of leaving it to the defense, which the defense stepped up, but it was kind of one of those things like similar to Penn State and Syracuse was like, man, the defense has done a good job so far. It's, you know, It's only a matter of time before – you know, they can't get a stop every single time. The defense isn't built that way, um, and you know, but they 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 showed up. It was great. They the did. Took advantage of it. Got uh, three three interceptions. Um, a fourth down stop on Minnesota's own, like twenty five or thirty, which that fired me up because I thought that was just arrogant on PJ Flex's part. But I expect nothing Absolutely. less out of the guy. Um, I mean, he reads children's books to his teams on Friday night, which that was a new one to me. I'm that like, was a new one, yeah. Like that's disturbing. I don't. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I know he means well by it, but that's just weird. I'm sorry, he's just weird. Um, 
But I thought Purdue played pretty good. Of course, the passing game wasn't sharp. Aiden O'Connell definitely wasn't 100%. Um, I'd say he was probably closer to 70 75%. What was if his I, injury? Was it ribs? Undisclosed, but a lot of people think it's his ribs. So. Yeah. Which, good thing, he didn't get hit a ton on Saturday. or a, He got hit a little bit, but it wasn't like he got walled. I think the biggest right. hit he took is when he scrambled for a first down. Um, yeah, that was uh, something I was not expecting. Yeah, no, it's uh, – yeah, it's um, – that was a big play. Uh, but Jeff Brom said today he thinks Aiden's better, and he's, he, he pretty much said he's going to play. And he thinks Jalen Graham's going to go on Saturday, which is a huge boost to the defense. Yeah, I saw that. I think it was Dean Hart reported that. It's mm. Golden Brahman, like, I mean, we're going to need him with given the quarterback that's going to be on the field Saturday. Um, but it'll be huge to get him back. Yeah, um, to his little brother, um, Talia, I believe is how you pronounce his first name. I'm not sure. I've heard it pronounced many different ways. I think it's Talia, uh, Tunga Valoa. Um, he's pretty good. Eight touchdowns on the year, four interceptions, over 1,000 yards, over 1,300 yards, I believe. Is um, he a junior this year? I think so. Okay, I, I think remember, so. I, I remember if he was a junior or senior. Started his career at Alabama, um, then transferred. Of course, he was like third string at Alabama. Actually, I, didn't realize he was, I didn't realize he went to Alabama. Mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense given his brother. Yep. But um, <laughs> um, Kareem Jarrett's their leading wide receiver, but they got three good ones. They might be the fastest team on offense in the Big Ten from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I mean, Purdue's last and only trip to College Park was the worst Purdue football game I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Back in 2016, I think off the top of my head, wasn't that 50 to 7? I can't even, I, I think so. Actually, maybe go look at a, we can go look at, actually, I'm not sure if uh, they'll have it on the history for the teams. It was uh, absolutely awful. Or was it? I know I've talked about it many times before, but uh, Jalen, I believe, was his first name, Neil. I know his last name was Neil, had the worst game. I've ever seen a Purdue football player have in my life. What uh, What was your prediction, or what was your fifty to seven? Score? You are correct. Yep. Oh my gosh! That's I was. We've only played three times, and once was we weren't even, you know, conference opponents yet because I was back in the '06 in the bowl game in Florida. Yep. The yep. Champ Sports Bowl, and then we beat them in 2019 with a bunch of freshmen in the uh, astronaut uniform game. Yeah. Price had a pick six. Yeah. Largest margin of victory was forty to fourteen. Smallest margin of victory was forty to fourteen on the same day. Jeez. Oh man, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's an interesting little series. Um, it shouldn't be a raucous environment. I wouldn't say they don't really have a. I mean, they're definitely more of a basketball school. They are a football school. I mean, they've had good years here and there, but they're more of a basketball school. But still, road game noon, Big Ten Network. Boy, there's a three-point dogs. Um, I like our chances. But uh, just keep, you know, one game at a time. One game at a time. And it was cool to hear Jeff Brom comment on how big a victory it was for the program Mm -hmm. against Minnesota, saying it's one of the best things we've done, he says, we as this team since Mm -hmm. he's been there. So it it did feel good. It felt good. I don't care if if, if Minnesota was out there without their star running back, without their number one wide receiver. Purdue's banged up in some spots too. That's just college football. That's football in general. Mm -hmm. And just to come away with that win, it felt like Brom got the monkey off his back. 
and Purdue got themselves right back in the West, which is anybody's race right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I hate the fact that, thinking back to the fact that, you know, in 2016, we were kind of okay with the idea of P.J. Fleck being our football coach. I know, 100%. It's disgusting. And, uh, yeah, but it was, I mean, it, go ahead. And I feel like if he did come to Purdue and he had some success like he has at Minnesota, he wouldn't be at Purdue still. He would have jumped somewhere oh, yeah. else. Yeah. I'm surprised he's still at Minnesota. I'm surprised he hasn't jumped somewhere, to be honest. I agree. Yeah, it's, it was one of those, like, after the game, I was like, man, that felt – that was very just vindicating. And it was crazy that – it's just crazy to think that, you know, Brahm has had so much – has struggled so much against him compared to other schools like Iowa where he's, you know, he's got Ferentz's number, but like PJ Fleck, it was, he, the one game he won was the weird weather game in 2017 where there was the big rain delay and Juwan Bentley sealed it with a pick six. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that, if, like, and it's, it's, he's, I mean, some of the games haven't even been close too. And if Bentley doesn't pick that off, Minnesota was driving. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird how that happens to some coaches sometimes. And it's our, it's our first win in that stadium too, as we, Good point. Mentioned before, so it's I mean nice to get that one finally done. Now it's just now let's get uh, the other monkey off our back in a couple weeks. No kidding. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll worry about that when time comes. But yeah. uh, it is funny how uh, upset win a win that a lot of people weren't expecting can change the whole vibe and tone and optimism around the football team. And then especially if you go to Maryland and get this one, then you're sitting four and two with Nebraska coming home coming into Rossi for a night game and a sold out game. You're feeling pretty good about yourself all of a sudden. Yeah, if we can get this one, then you're kind of in a similar spot you were hoping to be in right. at the beginning of the year. It's like, you know, you maybe think you're going to drop Penn State and Minnesota, probably going to look the schedule. We probably thought it was going to be those two games. And then if you, if you beat Maryland, then you're right where kind of you were wanting to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. After Even after a win against Florida Atlantic, it was like, man, we got <laughs> this is not looking good right now. But then, yeah, this one win can change the whole vibe of the whole team and the whole fan base for the most part. If you would have told me before the Minnesota game that Purdue's running game was going to be the reason they were going to win the game, I wouldn't have believed you. Oh, yeah. I mean, looking at the stats right now, I mean, Mockaby was obviously the MVP, you know, 111 rushes, 112 yards, obviously the biggest one coming, the 68-yard run that sealed the game, which was – What a double cut. Wow. Yeah, it was an incredible run. Um, I mean, Downing was 10 for 32. Aiden was 4 for 13. <laughs> Um, I mean, yeah, we average. I mean, granted, again, it's inflated because of the the sixty eight yarder, but when we average five point nine, you know, yards carry, which take that all day. Where's that rank up in your Purdue football fandom as best Purdue runs that you've ever seen? Maccabees won that pretty much sealed the game. Man, that's tough because I feel like we don't see a whole lot. At least I know. not in our, in our recent history. Um. It's up there. I mean, the one thing about probably the most recently was Knox against Ohio State, kind of just running away from the – I mean, I guess it also depends on how you're counting, like, you know, I mean, Rondell Moore had a lot of, you know, catches out in the flat that – Yeah, I wasn't counting runs. that. I, yeah. I would I, I would count his reverse in 2018 against Northwestern. The yeah, opener. that's true. I would, yeah. I'd count that, but yeah. no, I, I wouldn't count a, count a screen. Or, yeah, or I think a, given, given the – you know, the game, I would definitely put it probably top five in probably the last 10 years for sure. <laughs> Thad Mooney on your monkey off, off the back comment earlier. That other school is a monkey on our back. It's a war of the planet of the apes with those pesky badgers. 
Well said. When you haven't beat somebody since 2003, and, and a lot of times it hadn't even been close, that's a good way to put it. Good way to put it. But, no, I think Maccabees runs right up there. Um, with Rondell's reverse, probably in 2018 against Northwestern. That was a good one you said by uh, um, DJ Knox. Uh, Markel Jones had a good one against Michigan State, I want to say in 2015, when a Hazel-led team went up there and darn near knocked That's off right. the number two team in the country. They were those all-whites with the weird white helmets. Yep, that's right. Yeah, um, that's I, about I, was watching, I was watching that at a beat ups. I think my, I don't know if it was laughing. I was coming. I was on a trip with some people from. I worked at the at intramurals. We went. We did some kind of Saturday trip. We were coming back and we stopped at beat ups and watched that game. And we were like, I mean, as as everybody was during that, you know, during that time, it was just like, we'll watch it, but you know, not expecting much. And we're like, we're, we might win this game. Yeah, and it was either twenty fourteen or fifteen. No, it was 15. It was 15, yeah, because it was my last semester. Yeah, because I was already graduated. That's right. That's right. So, because 15 was kind of uh, the year. No, it was 14 was the year kind of optimism for Purdue football looking back on. I guess 13 was one win. 14, they won three, but we thought we were getting closer. Mm -hmm. And then 15, step back with two wins. And then 16, they had three wins at the time, but it was Mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, or two wins at the time. And yeah, cutting cutting bait. But, uh, Thank goodness it feels like a long, long time ago. But yeah. that, like we said, 2016 is the last time we've played at Maryland, and that was definitely a game to forget. Hopefully this Saturday is a lot better than that. But um, speaking of Maccabee and Downing, I did some research this week because I was real mm-hmm. curious, um, and I want to test your knowledge here. It's, it's okay. tough, but when was the last time before – these back-to-back games against Florida Atlantic and Minnesota, that Purdue had back-to-back 100-yard rushers. So I listened to the Bullet Sports podcast this today, and I believe they had the same question. Oh, do they? Darn it. I believe so, yeah. So spoiler. I, didn't, I haven't, listened. I haven't <laughs> listened to it yet. But I believe it was Xander Horvath. In my research, I didn't find that. Huh. I thought they said, well, unless, unless I misheard them because I was driving and – I think I thought they said that it was the 2020 year because it was like I think okay. it was the Iowa Illinois game first two games of the year I think Horvath might have gotten there and you know now that you mention it I think that's the one year I kind of skipped over because it was such did. a loss yeah. so that would make sense all right that will that so what's so little before that because 2020 yeah. didn't count yeah <laughs> so you said back to back was it the same player this one was okay. Was it Markel Jones? I feel like he could have. I don't know. I feel like he, he was. There was to one him. more recent than Markel. DJ Knox. It was DJ Knox in 2018? He had 150 against Illinois, then 128 against Ohio State. Uh, I don't remember that Illinois game. Bo raced him like 46 to seven, yeah. something at, in Champaign. Okay. Um, the year before that, Markel Jones had 217 against Indiana. That's right. And he always and played not, really well against them. Elliot, very well. Knox had 101 against Arizona. But I don't know if that counts because it's a bowl game and there's yeah. a big break. So, um, all right. I don't. Maybe Boyle Sports covered this one. This one took me a while to find. When was the last time Purdue's had over 100 rushing yards three straight games? Oh, Lord. I'm not sure if they said that or not on there. I, I haven't listened to the full thing yet. Three straight games. God. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Uh, 
three straight games. We have Josh Custle here on YouTube said, what about the last time two walk-ons did it? Yeah. three. Is it like Joey Harris? I was going to guess him before I did research, but no. He had a lot of back-to-back games and then a close yeah. one for a third, but it was not him. <sighs> Brandon Void had a couple back-to-back, but it was not him. Am I in the right time period? It was in a Tiller era. Okay, okay. <laughs> Montreal Lowe? No, good guess. No, I. Uh, he he had a couple good games in 01 the year after the Rose Bowl, but no. Mm-hmm. The year of the Rose Bowl, they didn't run enough until the bucket game, really. Um, that was the thing with the Drew Brees era. They didn't run a lot. Right, yeah, that's true, yeah. I mean, I guess it like- that Mooney said A Train. A Train was not part of the Tiller era. Right. He was Coletto. So Coletto, yeah, not Lockoff. He he definitely had some of the yeah. three in a row. <laughs> that's but that was our whole team. Yeah, I have no idea. It was the 1997 season. Joe Tiller's first year. A guy named Edwin Watson. <laughs> he had 115 against Michigan State, 113 against Penn State in a blowout, and 163 at Indiana. Wow, was that a Nick Saban Michigan State team? Yeah, it was the uh, crazy comeback. Oh, with yeah, the yeah. Block field got back Colvin, mm-hmm. and the onside kick was the Billy Dickin at 97 Alamo Bowl year against, and they end up beating Oklahoma State. So, Josh Custle here on YouTube said it could happen this weekend. Maryland is suspect against the run. Oh, I hope it does. I think if, if Purdue can rush for over 100 yards, that means good things for Purdue. And really, Brahms teams, looking back, because when I was doing research here, they ran it pretty well in 17 and 18. But mm-hmm. that's when I felt like the offense was more creative, had defenses on their heels guessing if they were going to run or pass. Last few years, yeah. it's been, okay, it's going to be a pass. And you had, I mean, you had solid backs and Knox and Jones, I feel like. Don't forget bro. about Fuller. Terry Fuller at the start true, of yeah. uh, uh, 17 came He's off like a rocket. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say healthy, unfortunately. There was a few other guys I just completely forgot about when I was doing research. Richie Worship, forgot about oh, him. wow. <laughs> you know, there were just some other guys that popped up in the box score. I'm like, man, I forgot about some of these guys. I forgot about Worship. That's awesome. Josh here on YouTube says it's all up to Brom. Yeah. He calls the plays, so it is up to Jeffrey Brom. So. What was your thoughts on the pass? I know the passing game we kind of talked about already, but kind of struggled. But yeah, struggled. I um, just couldn't really get it going. We really need a we really need somebody to step up as the number two wide receiver to take some pressure off Charlie Jones. I mean Charlie came up with a huge catch in the fourth quarter when he really needed it. it but mean, that was about it. Teams are really yeah. starting to focus on him. His stats are still great. He's still top five in most receiving categories in the nation. He made the he, the Blitnikoff award. Uh he's up for that now. Um he had ten catches and I, I looked at that after the game and I was like, I feel like I only remember like three of them. I, know. I don't remember I mean it was ten for fifty five, so it's really I, I mean I'm not that all that impressive, what, really. Like Twenty eight was on that one play or something. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Probably half of his were on that one kind of so, huge. Was I mean, somebody's got to step up. Um, they're really missing Brock Thompson being that guy. Um, mm-hmm. Tom Deanart said, I guess he had some cleanup surgery, and they think he could be back late October, but probably early November um, hmm. for the for the for the home stretch there. It's a um, but I don't know. I just keep waiting for somebody to step up. I don't know if you know T.J. Sheffield. Um, I don't think it's going to be Mershon Rice. He doesn't get targeted enough. Payne Durham is their number two guy, but he's a yeah. tight end. Um, why am I blanking on our, our other receivers? Um, Deion Burks. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just keep waiting for somebody to step up, and they just haven't done so yet. Yeah, it's. I mean, be like a Tyron Tracy, but again, he's kind of being run in the backfield right now. But so yeah, I even forgot about him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just no one. It's Charlie Jones and just a bunch of dudes, which is a little disappointing because we thought, you know, we were gonna have, we, we were kind of talking before the season about how deep the room was, but no one's really emerged as a legitimate threat to defenses. Yeah, and um, I still think the offense is missing Garrett Miller, of course. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, he um, he was big time. Uh, I will say one thing about this. Uh, one thing about this matchup on Saturdays, we better hope it doesn't come down to special teams because Maryland's got one of the better kickers in the country. Do they? Um, yeah, I was watching their game against Michigan State. I'm looking up his name right now because it's escaping me off the top of my head. Um, here it is. Chad Ryland. He had hit like 26 in a row field goals, and then he finally missed one the other day against Michigan State. Huh. So he was closing in on some sort of record for consecutive made. Um, but then he missed. So, hope it doesn't come down to down to his leg because he's pretty solid. Yeah, talking about special teams. I mean, granted, looking back, they were fine because it was like. But in the moment, our special teams about gave me a heart attack multiple times on Saturday. With there was the time, obviously, it was a smart play by Jones, but just the angle that it showed on the TV, like when he fielded the punt and the guy was two feet in front of him, I was screaming at my TV. But then you see the replay, like, oh, okay, it was actually a smart play, so he's not mm-hmm. an idiot. Like I, <laughs> I probably called him, but. Yeah, that was a bit terrifying. Well, that and then the one that hit the Minnesota player's helmet. Yeah, which would have been should have been interference anyways. It had it not should have, done that. It should have, but was... they weren't going to throw it. No. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Yeah, Big Ten refs, still got to love them. Still got to love them because they are just awful. Just awful. I mean, I try to watch a lot of college football. I mean, majority of what I watch mm-hmm. is Big Ten, but I try to watch a lot. I'm not just saying this because I'm a Big Ten fan. I think the Big Ten's got the worst referees out there. <laughs> it's awful. I can disagree. Um, it's not good, but but no. Looking forward to it on Saturday. Um, yeah, noon games. I used to like not really like them because that's all we ever had, but now I don't mind them, especially if it's a road game. Because oh, if yeah. you win, then you yeah. got you can watch college football the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. If you lose, well, then you go work outside or drink more beer or whatever you're going to do. I don't know how you're going to pass the time. but you said, I feel like I don't like him as much for home. I, mean, I kind of like him and don't like him for home games because it's like you have to right. leave early, but then also right. you, you get home in decent time and you still do right. stuff. But for away games, I love them because, yeah. like like you said, it's like I you know, get some stuff done in the morning, watch the game, and then you got you know it's 3.30 in the afternoon, at least Eastern time, and you got the whole rest of the day ahead of you to either sulk or celebrate. And, and you know, and we just kind of, we kind of mentioned this earlier. The Nebraska home game next weekend on the fifteenth is a seven thirty. I was hoping that was going to be a three thirty. Uh, I don't know why. I just I, that's how I know I'm getting old. <laughs> when we got three night games, I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not looking forward to getting home about one or two in the morning. But it is yeah. what it is. It'll be a fun environment. It'll be sold out, so it'll be fun. Sold out. I mean, should be a probably on Nebraska fans, even though they yeah they'll suck. bring a lot. They'll bring a lot. They're 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 last place in the West right now. With the 0-2 record. But uh, Boilers, Maryland, like we've said many times, uh, Boilers wearing a new uniform combination this year, or a new one for this year, I should say. Gold lids with all whites and jerseys and pants. So not a bad look. Not my favorite, but not not the worst we've ever seen. So I'm a big fan of the uh, white shirt, black pants, black helmet. That's kind of probably my favorite road. Yeah. Probably one of my favorite combinations, period. I think it looks really clean. I, I really like the black helmets we wore against Penn State. 
Yes. Um, I like those a lot. I hope that becomes our new standard black helmet, but we will see. We will see. But uh, you want to pick some games real quick? Let's do it. Let's do it. Starting with a Friday night game in the Big Ten, Nebraska three-point favorites on the road at Rutgers. They're three-point favorites. Yes. Wow. I mean, I mean, I watched a little bit of that Nebraska-Indiana game. Nebraska didn't look that bad, but also I don't know if that was more just the defense they were playing or whatever. I don't but, think Indiana's good, and I'm not just saying no, I saw not. a Purdue fan there. Just they're not. They, and, and you know, I know 2020 was a fluke, but 2019 they were pretty solid, and they are just taking step after step backwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I guess I'll roll with Nebraska. At least it makes it would make our game just a bit more intriguing. At least I, I think the Huskers get it done too. I don't think Rutgers <clears throat> is very good. I think they're lucky to already have three wins. Yeah. So. Uh, Michigan, we were just talking about Indiana. Number four, Michigan, 22 and a half point favorites on the road in Bloomington. This is the big, Fox Big Noon games. game. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't understand that, but I think I think the president of Fox Sports, if I'm not mistaken, is an IU grad. So that might have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Michigan. It's, sure. It is Indiana's homecoming. That's another thing, too. Um, I think, actually, I didn't realize Joe Buck went to Indiana. I'm not sure if he graduated, but he definitely went there. Which really? really? Yeah, because I, I, there was something – I saw it on Twitter. Like, it was something a couple weeks ago where, like, someone commentated about it. Because I think he said something about Indiana or something. Yeah, and he and like, Aikman, it was um, – it was – oh, my gosh. Who is the guy? Oh, yeah. Tight end. Yeah. Um, Tight end. The, oh. the assaulter. Or the yeah, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't think of his um, name. Tatted up. Um, yeah. It'll come back to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they made a comment about that, and I think I and someone in the indie media said something about or um, Buck being a Hoosier. I was like, "What?" I looked it up and said he went there for a little. I'm not sure if he graduated though. Um, huh. I think I think Michigan covers. Yeah, I do too. Um, uh, my boss, who's an IU fan, asked me if I thought Michigan would put 60 up. I said I don't think they'll put that many up, but I said I think it's gonna be a long day for Indiana. They might hang there for about a quarter, but. Michigan, their big Michigan's, days. Michigan's their big days good. Friday, anyways. They've got their Hoosier hysteria Friday and tomorrow night. I, so I be... couldn't even told you that. I could care less. Yeah. They, I saw Trace Jackson Davis was preseason Big Ten Player of the Year. I went <laughs> moving on. You know what yep. bugs me about what bugs me about that though is uh, with uh, Zach Eady made first team, mm-hmm. but they they name like twelve guys. It was like, like twenty. Yeah, it was. It was. It was eleven. Yeah, it's like it was like it was a ton. I didn't count them. I just knew. It was well, a lot. I thought we used to do five. Like, where, yeah, where did yeah, that? What, get? Like, where did yeah, that? Exactly. Exactly. It's like it's like they almost want to list a player for every team. Right. Kind of ridiculous. Wisconsin with new interim head coach Jim Leonard. That I was talking to a guy about that today. It was just that is. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> I think. I think it's a case of kind of what Nebraska did. You know, they're getting complacent with winning nine to ten games, tired of losing to Michigan and Harbaugh and Ryan Day and Ohio State. And this is kind of where I'm leaning more so. They don't want to lose Leonard. They at least want to give him a shot to see what he can do because mm-hmm. he's going to be a hot commodity for a lot of jobs out there. But it's such a tough position to put him in like just it is. mid-year. I mean, mid-year. It's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, it could and his defenses, his defenses the last few weeks have been getting shredded. Right. So, yeah, they're I mean, at awful Northwestern. Yeah, so that's I think sucks, yeah. I think Wisconsin will win, but they're lucky they're playing Northwestern. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that, it was, was, that was, I mean, you look at, I mean, you made the points in the brass. It's like there's that tweet that literally showed Polini's record and Chris record, and it's like one game different. Did you know we tried to hire him in 09 or 08 or 08-ish, 9? The, I had read that. Oh, I think, the message I think we saying, offered him and he declined it, I believe. He was at Pitt at the time. Mm-hmm. Well, he's I from, believe. he went to Wisconsin, didn't he? Yeah. He's like, he's yeah. kind of like the, you know, home, hometown kid. Well, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same thing yeah. with Nebraska. It's like, I mean, I, I think the, the Nebraska was a little bit different with Frost because the way Frost is, like Paul Chris, you don't really you kind of forget he exists a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, it's pretty um, pretty nonchalant vanilla. That was, I hope Sports Karma comes back to just absolutely bite them because, I, I mean, what I'd give to just be to always be in the Big Ten championship oh. game. Like, oh, we just want to get, get there once. I wish I can get bored with that. No kidding. Oh, man. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And the buyout was like $11 million after everything was all said and done. I think I think his actual buyout was like 20 but he yeah. only gave him 11 I'm guessing. I don't know, you know, the legal legality of contracts and stuff, but I'm guessing that he took that. That way he can still coach somewhere next year if he wants to. That would be my guess, but I, I'm not not certain on that. So don't hold me to that. I I know nothing about the fine details, the the <laughs> dots and the eyes and the t crosses of the t's and contracts. Wow, I did not see this points principle right now. Number three, Ohio State five and zero at a reeling two and three Michigan State Spartan team. Ohio State's Come a twenty seven point favorite on the road. Talk about guys getting paid. Mel Tucker to ninety five mil. Yeah. Tuck coming, as all the Spartan fans said this offseason. Tuck's coming. Well, he's coming to three losses in a row and it's gonna get worse. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just don't like the dude. I don't I didn't think he was good at Colorado and he was he I understand why you would leave Colorado for Michigan State, especially for the pay bump, but he did them wrong. I mean he was oh, at that a was, booster event. Right. That was yeah. He's at a booster event and just left. That's right. Because wasn't like the day before he was like then he says yeah. something like the day before, and then yeah, it was like next yeah, day. Yeah, kind of pledges gone. allegiance, and then he was gone. And yeah. not as bad as Tommy Tuberville though. When he left uh, Cincinnati for Texas Tech, he was like out to dinner with a recruit or something. Got up and just like, left. That's <laughs> <laughs> like Butch Jones yeah. did too. Or something. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a still godsend. We even though he would have yeah. won more than Daryl, we would probably be on probation or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Ohio State covers. Uh, I, I do that, too. Yeah. They're just good. They're the, I think they're the best team in the country. Really? I do. Hmm. I haven't I really. I haven't got a chance to watch them much. Um. I mean, I watched a little bit, a little bit of a game against Notre Dame, but I, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to see their comeback. But I mean, Georgia struggled. They got out of Columbia, Missouri, luckily with a win the other I, night. I feel like they're like with like that, like with Georgia or Georgia and Alabama. Like, so there's always like one game where they they always like, oh, they're mortal, and then it's like right. they, they realize their mistakes and then they right. just steamroll everybody alabama's of course got depth amongst depth amongst depth i mean they showed it off when um young bryce young went out with injury the other day and their freshman quarterback comes he's built like derrick henry (laughs) as a quarterback he runs like a four three um it's just not fair Um, they were up 28-0 arkansas scores an unanswered 24 to get right back in it but then alabama pulls it away and i think they covered even so um, I don't know. I mean, those three are all pretty good. Clemson's up there, too. They're pretty good again. Um, but anyways, the nightcap of the Big Ten is 3-2 and two Iowa at the surprise of the year so far in the Big Ten. 4-1 and one Illinois, who probably should be 5-0. and oh. and yeah, Illinois should. is a three-point favorite. I think I'm taking the line. I'm going to take Iowa. 
and I mean, it, I, maybe it's more me just kind of hoping. I, I hope I wins. Yeah, but I hope I wins. But I think I would be surprised if Illinois doesn't read their own press clippings this week. You know, a it's, team that uh, hadn't had success for a while, second year head coach there, building the program up, doing it how he wants with a great running back, good running game, a solid defense, above average quarterback. Um, can Iowa score enough? I don't know. But I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Hawkeyes because this would be a Ference like win. They're three and two. Everybody's oh, kind of yeah. writing them off for the West. They win this game. They're maybe the favorites for a lot of people. So, but um, should should be a good one. And we'll we'll do the Purdue prediction later. Let's go around and do some top twenty five games. Uh, number sixteen BYU. Playing Notre Dame, who's two and two. Notre Dame coming off a of bye week. This is a technically a quote unquote neutral game out in Vegas. Uh, Notre <laughs> oh, Dame's a right. three and a half point favorite. I mean, they. I did not expect them to take care of North Carolina like they did. I didn't either. I didn't watch the game, so I have no idea what happened. But I'm take BYU just because I can't pick Notre Dame. I am too. Uh, in my other podcasts I do every week, um, I took Notre Dame eight and four before the season. I had them beating BYU. I still think they could be eight and four, maybe even seven and five because they still play mm-hmm. Clemson. They still play USC. But other than that, besides this game, the rest of their schedules, yeah, bad. I mean, Boston College, <laughs> UNLV, Stanford, um, Navy teams they'll wipe the floor with. So Notre Dame's probably still going to make it bold no matter what. But I'll take BYU. Catholics versus the Mormons this week. <laughs> Arkansas, who, like I said, lost to Alabama. They're three and two at number twenty-three, four and one. Mississippi State coming off a thrashing of Texas A&M. Mississippi State's a nine-point favorite. I'm gonna take Mississippi State. I am too. I'm taking taking the Bulldogs. <clears throat> so I think they're a pretty good team. I think Mike Leach's got something good going on there. The game day game. Game day. If you would have told me before the season game day was going to be at Lawrence, Kansas, I would have just laughed. But here we are, the number 19, 5-0 Kansas Jayhawks host the number 17, 4-0 TCU Horned Frogs. Horned Frogs are seven-point favorites on the road. It's crazy what Kansas has done. Because there was I saw something where this guy was like talking about how we you know the names of the schools – often you know sway voters because like they, he held up like two resumes and it was you know one school wasn't ranked before the year one school was you know here's the record here's the, where they rank offensively and all this point score and all that and it was and it says this school is like you know ranked whatever and it was kansas versus i can't remember who else, but it was someone else who was ranked like pitt or something and pitt mm-hmm. was still ranked higher and it's like yeah it's, i mean 100 like you look at the resume you would think kansas should or that school should have been ranked so much higher and they're finally getting their the respect they deserve should yeah. have had a game day a couple weeks ago um i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna pick kansas in the upset i'm gonna go just tcu you just don't see chaos and you fun. i'm i'm gonna go tcu kansas is a great story i mean it's yeah. kind of they're, they're trying to adopt themselves as america's team it is a a heck of a turnaround. Their coach knows what he's doing. They better. I know they already gave him a contract extension, but I don't he's know. I don't know if he'll right stay now. or not. Unless, unless he like absolutely like free falls, he's going yeah. somewhere. But Sony Dykes is doing a really good job at TCU. And my goodness, I think their wide receivers are still running wide open on the Oklahoma <laughs> defensive backfield last week. That was unbelievable. I mean, you know, we're used to seeing out of uh, out of the Daryl Hazel-esque Purdue back in the day or some Indiana Hoosier teams, but not in Oklahoma. 
but uh, that's what they were doing. So they put it on the Sooners, and uh, but I'll I'll take the Horned Frog. Should be a good fun matchup though. SEC country for this one, number eight, four and Tennessee travels to number twenty-five, four and one LSU to face Brian Kelly. As much flax Brian Kelly's got, LSU's one, two points away actually from being five and zero. Anyway, realized they were four and one. <laughs> I couldn't remember how good they were doing. And Tennessee's a three-point favorite. I should have. God, I want LSU to win this game so badly. I, I'm picking the Tigers. I am. But I know. They... I know TCU's coming off a of, or. Tennessee's coming off a bye. They have Bama next week. Yep. And SEC, I don't think you can really overlook somebody, but maybe they overlook LSU a little bit and, and trying to like, okay, if we beat these guys and beat Bama, then we're then we're talking national title. Uh, oh, yeah, it's like there's. I was talking with some I've coworkers who, are, who went to Tennessee or Tennessee fans. And they're like, if we split between Bama and Georgia, we have a <laughs> legit shot at the playoff. I'm like. Oh my god! Because I think they play Bama at home. They play Bama at home, or I think they're at Georgia. That's like God. But I, I'm, I'm going to pick Tennessee in this one just because it's why would I deserve nice things? Yeah, their uh, upcoming schedule. They're at LSU, at home against Bama, at home against Tennessee Martin. I hate how the SEC does that. At home against Kentucky, at Georgia, at home against Missouri, at South Carolina, and then at Vanderbilt. Yeah, which they will. Pummel Vanderbilt into the ground. Well, they're uh, trying to do a checkered thing at Vanderbilt Stadium. I've seen on yep, Twitter. Yep, Eric. which is hilarious at the same it time. It is. If you, if you can do it, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, a couple of these the other games, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip a couple of them because they should be blowouts. But yeah. this one should be a good one. Three and two Texas Tech at four and zero. Number seven in the country, Oklahoma State. The Cowboys are nine point favorites. That would be boring today, but I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. Oh, I like I like this team. I, I does yeah. Mike Gundy finally get over the hump? <laughs> I mean, I feel like they're close every year and they just can't quite do it. But this might be the year. They're they're pretty good, and Sanders is playing some good ball back there, quarterback. Here's a good one out in the Pac-12, number four and one, four and one, number eleven, Utah at future Big Ten member number eighteen, five and zero, UCLA. Utah's a three and a half point favorite. I'm going to go up here. I'm going to go with the home team Bruins. All right. I'll, I'll go with Utah. I'm a big, big fan of Utah, Utah team. <laughs> UCLA has no home field advantage. Nobody goes to their games out in the Rose Bowl. It's pretty pretty sad. To be fair, I do think it is not close to the campus. I think I saw yeah, uh, probably. I think, I think there was that whole viral tweet that went out there where there was like 12 people in the stands and then someone like did a Google map from like the campus to the Rose Bowl and it was like a legit like, like you can't walk there at all. You have to drive and as we all know, LA traffic is an absolute yeah. bear. So, yeah, bear Bruins. <laughs> did you see the points spread on the Auburn Alabama game or Auburn Georgia game? I just did. Yes, Auburn's three and two at five and zero. Oh, number two Georgia and Georgia is a twenty nine half point favorite, and they're not going to be. They should be mad because they almost. Uh, lost yeah, they Missouri. will. Be. And I think they win by thirty plus easily. Yeah. They need to make a statement. Uh, anyway, number nine, Ole Miss uh, loses at uh, three and two Vanderbilt. I mean, I guess never say never, but lane train I, go there and roll. yeah, I don't see it happening. But Vanderbilt's three and two. Credit to them. It's a weird year when Vanderbilt has a winning record, Kansas <laughs> undefeated, and UConn beat a Fresno State team. That's usually yeah. decent. Um, 
Here's an intriguing one. Number 20, Kansas State 4-1 at 3-2 Iowa State. Talk about a coach that's lost a little luster, Matt Campbell in Iowa State. I mean, he was a hot commodity just a few you mean, oh, really, big last time. couple of years. And he might have, I mean, kind of what we talked about with um, David Shaw, big time. Yeah, it's like, I mean, you strike while the iron's hot. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, if he loves Iowa State, then good for him. Like, he's in a spot, but there's some stupid money being thrown around right now. Oh, there um, is. It's, it's unbelievable. Kansas State's one half point favorites. I'm going to go with Kansas State. Yeah, me too. I uh, Vaughn, the running back, is one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the country. Probably make a case for him or Chase Brown from Illinois right now. Mm-hmm. hate to say it. But. Yeah. Um, Clemson will win. Uh, South Carolina, 3-2 and two at number 13, 4-1 Kentucky. And I think if I remember in the offseason, there was some beef between Stoops and Beamer. At the was SEC there? media days, I believe, or hmm. they were trying. The media was trying to stir it up if there wasn't. So, I think Kentucky will get it done at home. I do too. Can Texas A and M, who is three and two, about to be three and three, somehow cover at number one five and zero Alabama? They're twenty four point dogs. No, they cannot. I don't think so either. Oh man. Here's a good one. Uh, Florida State, 4-1. and one. They lost uh, Wake Forest at home last week in their first loss season. At number 14, NC State, who's 4-1, and one, who just lost to Clemson. NC State is a three-point favorite. I'm going with an upset. I'm going with Florida State. All right. I went with Florida State over Wake Forest last week. I missed that, so I'll go with the Wolfpack here. I'll go NC State at home. But I think Florida State's getting back on the right track. Mm-hmm. And that'll do it for our top 25 matchups. All the rest that involve a ranked team, I think, are going to be blowouts, in my opinion. So, All right, Boilers at Maryland. Boilers are three-point dogs. The uh, over-under is 59 points right now. 59, okay. And I guess the Purdue hasn't really shown they can light it up. Hmm. I want it to be a shootout just for the pure entertainment because Saturday's game was a little boring, especially the third quarter. I mean, we didn't score. Um, I'm going to say Purdue 37, Maryland 34. Oh, I get my heart. I can't take that close of a game. I know. I you can't. But but it's life on the road. It's probably not, yep. not going to be easy. Um, I'm going Purdue. I'll go Purdue 30, Maryland 24. Okay. Yeah, six pointer, little breathing room, but still, Maryland probably had the ball driving at the end, and we're all looking like Sheldon Cooper, <sighs> with the brown paper bag, about the ventilating. Um, Question: Does Mockaby get RB one snaps on Saturday, or is he running? Is he number one running back on Saturday to start the game? Oh, I really want to say yes, but I still think he'll be downing. Yeah. I think he'll get plenty of carries. Oh, yeah. I don't think Kingdo Rue's back one, yet. But... I think they'll get plenty of carries. Kobe Lewis, maybe we'll get a couple. He got a couple on Saturday, but man, I don't know where he's got factor in when Kingdo Rue comes back. Yeah. I don't know where he's going to go. Like, I, mean, I know. <laughs> I know. He's kind of taking the role right now. I know. Love but, the way the kid runs. Um, him and oh, Downing yeah. both run hard, but Mockaby, as Jeff Brom said, tons of times, he's just slippery. And you never yep. know which direction he's gonna go. His foot points one way, his knees point the other way, and then he goes the other way. <laughs> so yeah. it's just like you can never tell that that like I said, that double cut in the game against Minnesota was beautiful. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable vision. So mm-hmm. it isn't fun to watch. Is that 
But uh, a lot better mood this week talking <laughs> on the pod than we have been the last couple of weeks. Yep. So it's crazy what a win will do for you. And hopefully next week when we're previewing the Nebraska game, coming off another big win, being 4-2, and two, feeling good, feeling good. So um, anything else you want to cover? Anything else, even if it's Purdue basketball? Now Purdue basketball is coming out with new uniforms Monday, they announced mm-hmm. today. Finally. What do you think they're going to be? I just keep thinking they're going to be some sort of a throwback feel to them. But I have really? no idea. I, I've i kind of heard or read on Twitter a lot of Nike schools to get new uniforms, and nothing's been leaked. So, well, I've seen, I think, I think Kentucky released their uniforms and it was very much like a classic look. Like we went through that whole kind of, you know, 2010 area or, or no, it was always like jerseys in the back had like some crazy design. I did not like those. Yeah. I mean, you had the, I mean, we had like the fountain on ours. I mean, Duke's was crazy. Kentucky was crazy, but I think, I think Kentucky's came out. They were just pretty clean, just pretty simple. I think that's what ours are going to be. Um, I'm trying to think if the practice trees have anything to do with it. Like, I, I feel like it's going to be similar to um, the jerseys we wore. Kramer's, I guess the baby boilers like freshman yeah, years, those, like yeah. like where it's yeah, it's, it's, it's not going to be it's not going to be a cow catcher. It's going to be just straight across yep. the chest, kind of like what the women's jerseys look like, which I, I like to do like the women's jerseys a lot. Um, yeah, something along those lines of just like very simple. I hope we get a throwback like a. Like I said, a Mount era type of jersey that would be really cool. A script that's what I'm hoping for, but uh, we'll see. I hope we I get rid of the. I hope we get rid of the shoulder pad, like different color piece that we've got. For, I mean, I liked it at first, but over the years, I've kind of just grown to hope it's something different. So we got to think we're gonna get a white jersey, a black jersey, a gold jersey. Hopefully, mm-hmm. some sort of throwback. Do you th- think we still have a gray alternate too, or no? So I, I feel like we Nike would. went well, Nike went through this phase because even in football, we've had a gray al- alternate. Mm-hmm. I think Nike goes through this phase where we're going to make gray an alternate cover for every team. We, we, yeah. you know, we're I feel like, I feel like gonna, if we don't have one right away, I think we will. Like, it'll be yeah. one of those things like where they announce like before a game, like a couple days before a game or something, as they sometimes do to get people excited and get people to come out. But I think I bet when we see it on Monday, it'll just, we'll just see the black, gold, and white jersey. Yeah, probably. I I guess hopefully, hopefully a throwback. So I wouldn't mind if they keep the big dog era ones, but I, like you said, yeah. if, if they're going to go different, I, I really love to see a Mount one or, or I, I like the nineties ones too. That oh, I love the 90s Cardinal ones. and Car- Cardinal and, Br- and Brad Miller wore. So love those unis. That, that'd be cool too, but we'll see. Hopefully we all like them. I, I, but I feel like you, you made a good comment in our group chat with, uh, with Andrew, our co-host who couldn't join us tonight. <laughs> um, you feel like they've over they've hyped it up so much it's just gonna be a letdown. <laughs> yeah, so I know I'm gonna like them, but like I feel like I've built it up so much in my head of like it's not gonna be what I you know it's there's gonna be something that I don't like or, or just yeah I'm, I've been too excited to where I see it like it's not gonna be the it's not gonna live up to what I'm what the expectation is which is I mean their uniform at the end of the day so yeah they are they are but you want the players to like them you yep. want the recruits to like them yep look good feel good play good I'm still a yeah I guess because. We're not a, you know, we're not the the darlings for Nike, right. so I feel like we're not going to do a ton for us. Although I mean, we've been pretty consistent in the last couple, just feel like they yeah. should. But yeah. and we're not Kentucky, we're not Duke, obviously, we're not. Um, Oregon, not even Ohio not, State. You're not Ohio State. We're no, not Gonzaga. I mean, mm-hmm. Gonzaga is starting to be a much bigger brand in basketball, but. But yeah, I'm interested. I can't wait to see them. I'm mm-hmm. glad we finally kind of know when they're coming out because it's kind of been. 
we've been waiting yep. on for a while. Practices have begun. Um, not a ton of news to report, which is probably really, good. Really like what I'm hearing about Caleb first. Like he's really made you know progress. I and mean, obviously he was a highly recruited kid coming out of high school. And I mean, just given the circumstances, we didn't see him a whole lot last year, which understandable given who was in front of him. But I really like the idea of the pick and pop with him. I wish we had Jaden Ivey because it would be perfect to have him with that, but such is life. But yeah, Jaden looked pretty good for the Pistons the other night at Madison Square Garden. Looks like he's going to fit right in in the NBA. Yeah. So, I, I just say, I saw highs of him just like getting to the hoop, and I was like, yeah. Like, yep, I mean, there's only step. like, it's like, I mean, his game is for the NBA. Yep. Like, he's going to do so well. Yep. He was just scratching the surface at Purdue. I think if he can yeah. stay healthy, I really think. He might be Purdue's first superstar in the NBA. I mean, Glenn oh, Robinson yeah. had his moments. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he was a superstar. No, I, I think injuries I, He's got that, the potential yeah. to be Purdue's, Purdue's first superstar. So, I agree completely. Anything else you want to cover before we give some uh, sponsor shout-outs and wrap this thing up? No, I mean, volleyball's killing it. They've been really fun to watch. Oh, I'm man, are they ever. track of, again, but it's just like they're, the problem is they're in the Big Ten, which has got every good team on the planet. Um, oh, gauntlet but, every night, every night. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to, as it gets closer to yeah, the so, tournament. So, some um, NFL boilers are doing well. Karloff, mm-hmm. uh, a friend of my dad's texted me the other day. He goes, Karloff, this is going to be a superstar for years. After after the game, Darren, I'm like, yeah, he's he's fun to watch. Yeah. What he can do when he's not double and triple teamed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. So he looked good. Rondell made his return. Didn't do much. Mm-hmm. I don't like the way the Cardinals use him, and, and and I think he's on the perfect offense. But I don't like the way they use him. I don't know. It, um, Anthony Brown had a good game for the, for mm-hmm. the Cowboys. He got a couple tackles and a forced fumble. Um. I know I'm forgetting other guys off the top of my head, but. Yeah, I can't think of any. No, I know Marcus Bailey's been doing well on special teams for mm-hmm. Cincinnati. I feel like Horvath's kind of fallen off since he has, you know, back-to-back weeks with a touchdown. Oh, my God. How could he start any better? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep, so. But, uh, and then Bryson Hopkins, I think, is back from. He had a drug-related suspension. Yeah, I, I saw that. Enhanced, I didn't realize. Performance enhanced or some sort of something. So. Too bad. But, yep. And Juwan Bentley's still doing well for the Patriots, too. Just throw that in there. I'm sure I'm missing other guys off the top of my head. But, uh, but no, it's always fun. It's fun to have when you have a lot of boilers in the NFL. You can mm-hmm. look at the box square. We can see how they did. I mean, we've had years where we've barely had any. I mean, for years we had one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So yeah. that was always fun. But hopefully, in the, hopefully we'll add Aiden to the to the mix next year somewhere. I doubt he's a starter, but he can be back yeah. somewhere. But we got a new pizza of the month and Mad Mush going on. Uh, let me pull it up here. The pizza of the month for October is Rachel's Chicken Parm. Chicken Parm, you taste so good. <laughs> Our traditional pizza sauce, lots of chicken, mozzarella, and Parmesan cheeses, and finished with fresh basil, starting at a low price of $14. So you get two of those bad boys. That makes you over $20. Then you can use discount code BREAK5. That's an all caps, B-R-E-A-K-5, for $5 off any order over $20. Mad Mushroom has been serving Boilmakers since 1993. They're located in the heart of West Lafayette, and they're known as the home of the original cheese stick. 
I always like to go in, have an ice cold beer, trying out their latest pizza of the month, like I said, is this month Rachel's Chicken Parm. And trust me, I'm sure it tastes so good. So next time you're in town, tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. Or if you're ordering online, any Boiler Breakdown listener can use the coupon code BREAK5 to claim their discount online at madmushroom.com. That's Mad Mushroom. Feed your head. What's the shop got going on right now, Webby? I saw they uh, strike a deal with the Pacers. Yeah, they took a shot at your team, too, with their new shirt they released. Uh, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> That's why I'm wearing the Broncos hat. Big game between two horse teams. All I'll say is all Colts grew up to be Broncos. That's all I'm going <laughs> to No, the Broadway Downs, we're happy to have the shop back again. Shops and bringing sports and hometown apparel to fans since 2011 from their humble beginnings in garages and basements. You can find them at their two retail stores and online. They've got one in Carmel and one in Broad Ripple. Shop is located, as I said, Carmel and Broderpool, as well as online at theshopindy.com. Make the best shirts, period. Super comfortable. But not only that, they do drinkware. They do hats. They do sweatshirts. I mean, they got a ton of stuff, whether it's a college team, a pro team, or just, you know, all things state of Indiana. But if you're online shopping for yourself or someone you love, you can uh, use promo code BREAKDOWN. Promo code BREAKDOWN for 25% off your entire order. Yeah, Shut I need to place up. a big order. I need to place a big yeah. order. They got a lot of things I want. I need to go do it. I need to support the Boilermakers and some Boilermaker athletes. Mm-hmm. So, any final thoughts as we wrap up another fun episode? No, I mean, it's, it, I, it, it didn't hit me how big of a game Saturday really is. I mean, it's a good opportunity. I mean, I think it's because it's Maryland. I kind of always just kind of overlook Maryland in football. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they're, it's a heck of a place to play in basketball, but football doesn't have just the same feel to it but it's a it's a big one it's a, a high high potent offense so it should be hopefully it should be a really fun game yep yep hopefully we go in there don't overlook i don't think you can't overlook them I and mean, no. your next your next opponent's nebraska anyways i mean it's a big name but the record's not very good so it's not like it's a it's a ohio state or anything yep. waiting in the shadows so uh and take your business on saturday you can maybe yep. go four and oh in the in the month of october which oh my gosh incredible. i mean october is going to be the make or break year make or break month for the Purdue season. And not a lot of the national talking heads are giving Purdue any, any respect for the West yet. So nope. a lot of them are, some of them still hang with Minnesota. A lot of them are St. Iowa. Now a lot of them have written off Wisconsin, even mm-hmm. hearing some Illinois talk, but I'm not really hearing any <laughs> Purdue talk, but you go get this one Saturday. Maybe we'll start hearing Purdue mentioning those circles. So um, let's boiler up, hammer down and beat the Terrapins. Boiler up.